Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my guest today is Hazanfar Ali, the Communications Director for the Utah Hazara Association. He is here to talk to us about the Hazara people, their plight, their history, and their current needs as refugees from Afghanistan here in the greater Utah area. Let's just jump right into this. Okay. Um, can you hear ago, me all right? Is I it going to be like, okay. I can hear you perfectly. Yeah, it's perfect. Awesome. So a month ago, I didn't know anything about Hazara, the Hazara people, until I went to a fundraiser. So, and then learned all about it. So basically, what I'd like you to do is just the the same, you know, maybe a, a shortened version of what you 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 gave us at that fundraiser. Tell us, tell my listeners who you guys are, uh, and and just let's go from there. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's a very long story, but I'll try to put it as um, um, as swift as I can. So basically, Afghanistan is a multicultural and ethnic and religious country. Unlike America, uh, Afghanistan has uh, different ethnicities, um, different culture, different language, different religion that basically governs day-to-day -day life in Afghanistan. Um, so in order to understand what's going on in, in Afghanistan right now, uh, one has to uh, deep, uh, dig deep into who the ethnicities are. And so there are three big ethnicities in Afghanistan, along with other small ethnicities. Uh, there's Pashtun, um, which is in majority. Um, the last uh, president was from, uh, was a Pashtun. There's the Tajiks, which is also thought to be a minority because they're not in majority. And then there is the Hazaras. Um, Hazaras are basically Turkic Mongol um, by ethnicity, by race. Um, they have been living in Afghanistan over at least a couple thousand years. Um, they speak Dari, which is a dialect of Persian. Their language, uh, their religion is Shiite Islam, the same religion that is followed uh, very popularly in Iran. Um, and they have very um, Asian features, facial features, which is distinct from the other ethnicities that live in Afghanistan. And so Hazaras have historically been um, uh, an ethnicity that is centered around peace, around education, around culture, uh, our community, wherever they have gone, wherever they have migrated, have always tried to bring peace, they've always tried to contribute to the diversity of that place, um, be that um, by the language, be that the culture, um, whatever, in whatever way they can contribute. But more so, they have always been trying to get more educated and inculcate the culture of the neighborhood that they live in. Because of that, they have always posed a big threat to whoever is in government, specifically in Afghanistan, because um, the majority that exists there, um, they have the president, they have the most powerful people in government. And so they don't like Hazaras to get more educated because if they get more educated, they fear that they, they won't be able to govern them anymore. Um, but also they, Hazaras pose a greater threat because 
um, they are Shiite Muslim, which is very different than the Sunni Muslims that live in Afghanistan. Um, but nonetheless, we have a lot of Hazaras that are not even Shiite, that are not even Muslims, that are Christians, that are um, Buddhist, um, that are Sunni Muslims that have been killed over the years. And so when it comes to that, then it no longer is a religious or ethnic, um, a religious or a sectarian um, fight. It's more like an ethnicity fight where they don't like the ethnicity of Hazaras. And so they have originally been, Hazaras have originally been living in central mountainous region of Afghanistan called Hazarajat. Um, Hazarajat is very much like Utah. It has mountains that are like Utah. Um, the temperature, the weather, the seasons are pretty much like Utah. Um, and so Utah feels home to Hazaras because it reminds them of their home in Hazarajat in Afghanistan. Um, back in 1890s, when the king of Afghanistan um, was a Pashtun king called Amir Abdul Rahman, um, he imposed every kind of taxes that he could on Hazaras. And when they resisted, um, he, in his own words, killed 62% of our ethnicity. And according to him, in his own words, he said, the rest of the 38% will go into the mountainous region of Afghanistan and be eaten and killed by animals. Um, and so that was the time when Hazaras slowly and gradually started leaving Afghanistan. They went to Pakistan, which is neighbor to Afghanistan. They went to Iran, which is another neighbor. From Iran, they went to Turkey. From Turkey, they went to Greece. And from Greece, they entered Europe. Likewise, they uh, went to uh, Pakistan and Iran. And from there, they um, seek refuge in America, in Canada, in Australia. And so today, um, a lot of Hazaras are living across the world uh, and not in their homeland, which is Hazarajat in Afghanistan because of the ethnic cleansing that has happened uh, to them. But uh, we have to be cognizant of the fact that um, they did not find peace in Pakistan, where I was born. My grand-grandparents migrated from Afghanistan to Pakistan to escape the brutal killing of the king. Um, but in Pakistan, we did not find peace. We were um, killed even uh, mercilessly, more mercilessly in Pakistan than in Afghanistan. The brutality, um, one becomes speechless when it comes to the brutality that has occurred against our community in Pakistan. And so they slowly and gradually left Pakistan as well. We have left Pakistan to migrate to America. We have left Pakistan to migrate to Australia. Um, for our community members who migrated to Iran, um, they have been racially abused over the years. They are not given the right to go to school. They are not given the right to get educated. They are not given the right to work. Um, any Hazaras that were born in Iran was not and has not and is not given nationality of Iran. And so they're without the nationality, they cannot even work, they cannot even go to school there. Uh, they cannot live a normal uh, Iranian life. They cannot be citizen there. So those two countries, the neighboring countries um, have left Hazaras on their own. And so that's why we're here today, we're in America. And, and this feels home because we don't feel the racial injustice that uh, I felt in Pakistan here. My uh, friends don't face the racial injustice that they felt in Afghanistan. We have a lot of friends who came from Turkey and Iran. They don't face the same kind of racial or any kind of, to be honest, any kind of racial injustice here 
that they faced in Iran or Turkey. Um, and so, yeah, that is a brief history of my people. That is mind blowing. And I've done a very little research since we first met and it just boggles my mind. It's easy to think that these things are just ancient history of just literally cultures destroying each other on these mass scales, but it's, it's just, it's, you're, it's, it's now it's happening now. It's, it's mind blowing to me that I don't think that way. So it's hard for me to understand how someone can just, Oh, you're that group. You're, you're just like a dog. You need to be killed. And is this, is there a similar, like the Jewish, you know, people being persecuted over the thousands of years? Is that a similar thing? Just, I mean, just because they're Jews and like, I don't know what the threat is. The fact I, someone getting an education, I guess it's just man's, you know, desire to control man. But I would say it's, it's an amalgamation of the Jewish history and the Mormon history. Mormons were killed because they believed differently. Jews, Jews were killed because they were Jews. And so to combine them together, you have a product that is called Hazara, who are not only killed because they are, they look different, their skin color is different, but also because they believe in different things. Their faith is different. And so in a lot of ways, we see a lot of similarities between us and Jews. And like Jews, um, Hazaras are very educated. We have scientists, we have um, engineers, we have big politicians, we have um, people in military in different countries that have served their land. Um, and so our history or our um, persecution is pretty much as you described, like Jews. Is so the you know the you, you have the Utah Hazara Association. Does every state have like a chapter or, or a group like yours, or is it is it just you know sporadic? Most, most states do have, for example, California does have one, for example, um, Colorado has one, New York has one, Virginia has one, um, but there are a lot of states that um, Hazaras don't live in, for example, North Dakota or South Dakota or um, somewhere in Midwest where Hazaras don't exist, but where they exist, they do have uh, an organization or association, a nonprofit where they serve um, communities like themselves around them um, to bring harmony and peace among the neighborhood that they live in. I wonder, you mentioned, the, you know, how the Mormon, you know, they were persecuted as well. And I wonder if it's just coming in and I want people, people are threatened by what they don't understand. That's just human nature. Yeah. And you know, looking back at the Mormon history, that's a similar situation. They came in, they were a little bit different and People might have gone about it, you know, the, the members may have gone about it in the wrong way and got a little arrogant about it. Who knows? I mean, I wasn't there, but um, is, is there anything like that in the, in the Hazara culture that, you know, that would threaten other people other than the fact that you're just there or, or the fact that you want to be educated, is that the threat? The mere existence of Hazaras is a threat. For example, I... I, I was born in Quetta, that is um, close to the border of Afghanistan. Um, I was born there, raised there, went to schools there. I, I, I was in a neighborhood that was all Hazaras. My, my neighbors were Hazaras and the area that I used to live in had big walls around it so that we cannot get out of the area and other ethnicities could not enter our area. 
we did not have arms. We did not have weapons. The only thing we had was our pen, our pencil, our education. And so I cannot think of any other reason than the fact that we wanted to be more educated. We wanted to amalgamate among other communities. In Quetta, we did not have any arms to stand up against other community and pose a threat to them. Or in Afghanistan, you will not find Hazaras picking up arms and pose a threat to other ethnicities unless they are forced to defend themselves. Yes, of course. And so a community that does not have any arms or any weapon and does not pick them up unless they are forced to defend themselves cannot pose a threat to any other community or cannot you know, be arrogant about their race or ethnicity. And so there's only one thing that comes to our mind and that is because we want to be more, um, more educated, more civilized, and others don't really like that because they feel if we become more civilized, we might be able to govern them and we might be able to represent them in a country where um, they want to represent us. It obviously puts a threat to them and they don't like that. So it's a, it's just a, it's the good old fashioned power struggle that's been going on from the beginning of time. Really. Unfortunately, yes. And because we are such a small, such a small community, a lot of people don't know us. Here in America, people think Afghans to be just one big ethnicity, one big nationality. Whenever they, they hear about Afghanistan, they think about Afghans. They don't really know who, who are the Afghans. What is Afghans comprised of? Who are the communities in Afghanistan? And that is something that I guess the reason today what is happening to Afghanistan is our ignorance as well. Had we, more, had we been more educated about the ethnicities in Afghanistan and the situation in Afghanistan, things might have looked different. And so there is a constant need to educate ourselves to go out and know more communities, talk to them, um, let them know about us, ask them questions to know them. Things would be very different. And so that is something that is really missing and I think is something that is pushing us back and backwards. Well, just basic human decency and kindness that seems to be lacking, um, you know, everywhere. Um, yeah. It, it just, you know, I'm Christian and, and one of the tenets of Christianity is to love your neighbor as yourself. And if we would just all practice that, like we wouldn't have the need to fight and kill each other and, and push each other around and be threatened by someone else that they're different. But it's just, it's just a, it's a, just a funny human nature. I think, you know, anything that's different. I mean, I grew up in a very, very small town in California, hundred people. And if there was someone visiting or passing through that was new, everybody knew about it. And there was a, there was a little bit of suspicion because that person was different. So it's, it's an interesting, uh, I experienced it the other day up, up at Sundance ski area. We were walking down the road, a group of us, and someone stopped us and, and asked us what we were doing there in this. It was a somewhat gated community and uh, they, they, were, they were very suspicious of us. And we were just, you know, trying to find a hiking trail, but just stuff like that. And I get the whole protect your neighborhood thing, you mm -hmm. know, but I think it maybe goes too far and creates a lot of problems, but. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's a very basic thing to reach out to people. Um, I, I understand their fear. I understand the people that um, you were walking in the neighborhood would be suspicious, but it would be it would be very uh, logical for them to come up and say hi and and 
talk to you while you're there. That's the least they can do to know you, to know why you're there. And so, um, you know, taking this example into bigger scale, when people come to America, it is it's extremely imperative for people to reach out and, and ask who they are, where they come from, what, what language they speak, what culture they have, what faith they believe in. I know these things are personal, but uh, you know, in order to have a safe and secure and peaceful future, we need to, we need to diversify ourselves. Well, uh, there's yeah, we, a need to get out of our comfort we zone. Need to get, we need to get personal with each other. It's, it's called being neighborly. Exactly. Just, you know, giving, getting to know someone and asking them questions about them and not, not being afraid of the answer. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess a lot of people are afraid of the answers. I think so. Yeah. It might challenge their core beliefs or, or what they think, you know, their core beliefs are, you know, I've experienced it. We've all experienced it to some extent, I think. Um, yeah. But you dig a little bit and you realize that we are way more similar than we are dissimilar. Everyone. That is so true. That's my theory. So the, what's, what is the best way that people, of course, here in Salt Lake, but anywhere can, can help, um, obviously searching out and finding an organization like yours is probably the first step, but what's, give me some, you know, top five things or three things that somebody can do to, to help out and spread, spread the word about who you guys are and what you're trying to do. And, you know, just learn more about the, the culture and the history. Yeah. I think that's a great question. The first thing, well, there are, because of the situation that we're in right now, uh, there are some immediate needs that, um, communities and people like yourself need to reach out and ask. Um, in the long term, also, there are some needs. But for now, for example, um, a lot of our community members are trying to get their families out. Um, I don't know how much of your listeners uh, know about this, but the evacuation that has happened over the last month or so from Afghanistan has completely gone wrong. Yes. I went to a park yesterday to meet 30 new refugees and among 30 new refugees there were some few people that told their stories who came from very 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 far away mountains to Kabul just the same day that evacuation was happening somebody called them and they said something is happening at the airport if you want to leave the country this is a good time they were not living in Kabul for for their lives entire life they came from the mountains they crossed the border, they crossed the door of the airport, they got, they got onto the plane and they're here. And so people who had documents, people who are citizens, people who had green card, people who, had, who were on special immigrant, immigrant visa, people whose husbands, wife and children and parents are here could not leave the country because wrong people came and left the country. I'm really sorry to say that, but that is the truth. You can dig in more and find that out. And so the first thing I think is to find out who needs help evacuating their families, because um, there are various ways to help. For example, there's a visa called humanitarian payroll visa, where you sponsor someone to get out of the country and come here based on humanitarian reasons. Um, and so that is one thing that everybody can do. Reach out to your neighbors, um, ask them how you can sponsor the humanitarian visa. It doesn't take much. 
it's just your personal information, like your name, your uh, address, your bank account, things like that. If you are comfortable, if you know them right. for, for a good amount of time, you can sponsor them, bring them here and the government will pay for everything once they are here. So you don't have to pay a penny to bring them here. That mm -hmm. is one way of, of getting people out. For example, my roommate's wife is stuck in Afghanistan and he has been trying to get her out over the last three years. And unfortunately, because of the situation, she, she was at the airport gate the day that ex the explosion happened. And after that, she went home because she was not feeling safe. So she could not leave the country. People like them needs to be helped. My roommate served with American embassy in Afghanistan. He helped the Americans there, but today his wife is stuck there and he has no one to seek help from to get his wife evacuated from Afghanistan. So people like that needs help. That is the, the number one thing. I think the number two thing is to just go out and, and hang out with these people, ask about their mental health. Right now, our community is, is completely shattered. We haven't seen each other in a very long time. And everybody, you know how busy life is in America. People are just yeah. going to work eight to five, coming back home. Half yeah. of their money goes to Afghanistan to support their family. I don't know how many of your listeners know, but the banks were completely emptied the day that after a couple of weeks that Taliban took over Afghanistan. There was no money in the bank. People were living on their savings. People could not take out $100 from the bank because of the situation. Just because it wasn't and there. Just because it wasn't there. Just Everyone was Taliban, doing it. One, because it wasn't there. Two, because Taliban did not know how to operate the bank. There are people who come from mountains. They don't know anything. They don't know how to run the government. And so they did not know anything and they did not, they did not get money. People did not get money. And so the second thing is to just reach out to people, ask how they're mentally doing. If you can help them, if you can make food for them, invite them over to your home, share a meal with them, ask them how they're doing. That can go a long way in today's world. The third thing is these people, most of these people don't have a home here, don't have a community center People go to church here every Sunday. They, the church is their home. We, didn't, we don't have a home. We don't have a community center where we can gather, talk to each other, ask how we can help. We don't have a center where we practice our faith, where we practice our culture, our language. For example, I don't speak about all the Afghans, but my community does not have a community center even though we are at the brink of being wiped out from Afghanistan, we are a minority that is almost at the brink of being wiped out. As we speak, a couple of weeks ago, there were two big bomb blasts uh, in two different provinces of, of Afghanistan, killing my community. Even, Taliban is in government now. Apparently, they were the ones who were bombing those mosques before. But now somebody else by the name of ISIS are bombing those mosques. So there's the Taliban-ISIS fight right now going on, and we are the ones who are being slaughtered there like animals. And so our community is at the brink of being wiped out, but we don't have a center where we can practice our culture, where we can gather all our literature. We can establish a library where people come and read those books and study us, know more about us. We don't have that kind of a center. So I would say that is the third biggest need right now and in the long term as well. Okay, local, local um, a community center here. Obviously, exactly yeah obviously yeah. building one over there isn't on the table no 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 they, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah i appreciate you coming on is there anything that i haven't asked you that you want to share with people i'm sure we could go on for two hours but 
for, in the interest <laughs> of your time. Is there something that, that you want to say that I haven't asked you that, that I can get out to my listeners? I don't think we have left out anything, but I would encourage people to just to just Google out and learn more about, about us, about other people. Um, there is, when I, I have interacted with a lot of people, most people um, have been very curious about who, who I am and what I talk, what I speak, what my culture is. Um, but there are a lot of people they don't even care. Even at even the situation that we are in right now, I see a lot of people that are so much um, immune to the to the situation that is around them. They absolutely don't care. They don't they don't seem to care about it. And so, I I think my last message to your listeners would be to please go ahead and you know search about our community search, for example, start with my community. My community's name is Hazara, H-A-Z-A-R-A. Just go and Google it. Learn more about the community. Reach out if they need any, any help. I reached out to a couple of agencies that are in Salt Lake City that are helping the Afghan refugees. There's one called IRC, International Rescue Committee. And there is one called CCS, Catholic Community Center. Those two agencies are overwhelmed right now because of the number of refugees that have been coming to Salt Lake City, Utah. I have even heard that there are new refugees who are homeless. These two agencies have not been able to provide them shelter, let alone food or clothing. It's, it's getting cold here. Winter is very close. They need clothes. When I saw them yesterday in the park, they did not have, they did not even have shoes. There were some people that came without shoe here. They don't have socks or shoes. They need your help. They need you to come out, to go out, to reach out to these agencies, to reach out to our organization and see how you can help them. We don't want you to come and donate us. Just come and we will connect you to the new refugees. Go and ask them. We met this woman whose name is Seema. She lost her husband in the last days that she was leaving Afghanistan and she was pregnant. And so she's here now. She doesn't know how, she doesn't speak English. She doesn't know where to go for help. She says she only gets food one time the whole day by these agencies. She's put in a hotel. Nobody goes and talks to her. She is worried how, what the future of her children holds. She doesn't, she doesn't know how to reach out to community, ask for help. She doesn't have an apartment right now. She was working with Americans back in Afghanistan and she is helpless right now. So those kind of people need help. Please reach out to organization like IRC, like CCS, like ours and ask if you can help in any ways. I'm sure everybody has spare um, chairs, spare clothes, spare jackets. We do. You know, spare socks at home. Those things are needed right now. What does IRC stand for? International Rescue Committee. And CCS is Catholic Community Center. Thank you so much. So, I really appreciate I you coming out and helping. It, it means a lot to us. It really means a lot to us. We have some new families that have arrived the last time we saw each other. We have around six families that have arrived since then. Uh, there are, they have from 18 months to, we have from 18 months up to like 50 years old. And most of them don't really have have shoes or socks or anything to eat. They're just helpless. And so uh, we need people like yourself, your family and friends and neighbors 
to reach out to them, to provide them anything that you can. Our organization is doing our best to help them in whatever way, but we are so limited because our members are people who are on minimum wage. They don't, their half of their money goes back to Afghanistan. And so if we cannot do something about people in Afghanistan, we can definitely do something about people who have come from Afghanistan over the last month or so. That's Mm -hmm. the least we can do. And I think you are doing a great job by um, sending our message across to the whole community out there. So thank you so much for that. Okay, well, I'm going to reach out to you after this and then uh, we'll figure something out. Awesome. We can do so. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being on. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Parish the Thought Show.